All right. It has been a minute or two since we were here, but we're back tonight for the uh, next episode of the Across the Tracks podcast. And uh, tonight, you know, we're coming to you. It's it's a sad day today, and it's been a sad uh, uh, period for us as far as uh, our class goes at E-Town High. So tonight, you know, we're going to start off probably, you know, talking about uh, reflecting on um, some of the things that have gone on today and then re- remember our classmates. Uh, one classmate graduated with us. One individual was behind our class. Uh, but we will do want to remember them as the family of EHS and then wrap up this night's episode talking about a great African-American who's receiving a tremendous honor uh, from the United States Navy. So that said, I'm Wayne. I'm Steve. All right. So how are things, my friend? Oh, things are going well. Things are going well. I've just been busy. Uh, this past week was very, very busy on me. I had five or six meetings. Uh, I ended up uh, attending uh, Tuskegee Airmen's uh, chapter of Indianapolis, and I'm going to join that. Awesome. And uh, since we're talking about Dora Mitter, I think that, that kind of was mentioned. I got a, another little history note that goes along with that. Uh, got a lot of fraternity things going on, getting getting started with new membership for the Indianapolis Alumni Chapter, and I'm the chairman of uh, new membership. So past couple of days has been really busy. I've uh, been having a lot of contacts with people trying to fill out applications and guys from across the country trying to write letters of recommendation. Uh, the past two days has just been unbelievable with these fraternity brothers calling me and texting me and how do I do this and how do I do that. And I'm like, man, I'd be glad when uh, March 18th is, is around here and it's done. And this, is, this set of guys is through. I'm through with it. <laughs> you know. But it's been good. It's been good. How about yourself, man? Hey, busy, busy as usual. As, uh, as Rihanna says, work, 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 work. And uh, <laughs> You know, still at it, and uh, another work week dawns, and uh, so have a lot of just got back from a trip, so traveling has started up again. So we travel a um, couple of weeks out of each month. So we just got back from a trip. I was down uh, down in Florida around Fort Walton Beach, Destin uh, area, and uh, spent a week down there. And so, you know, after action from that trip, I'll be busy doing that all week, and then the usual meetings and you know that type of thing. So busy week ahead, and uh, you know it's all good. It's all yeah. good. Yeah, that weather must have been terrible down there, huh? Believe it or not, it was cold. It oh, really? Was, yeah, it was in the 40s for like the first two or three days we were there. And then the last couple of days, it warmed up like maybe low 50s. But it was cold. Um, the good thing, I, you know, it was cold when I left Colorado. But the good thing was I had my coat, my hat, my gloves. And I actually used them all three days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, Escape the cold here. And I go down there and it's colder down there than it is in Colorado. So Wow. Wow. So, uh, unusual. Uh, I think there was a storm system that, that that went across the country and it dipped down into that part of the south. And uh, you know, it was it was not what I was expecting from Florida. That's uh, wanted that sunshine and walk the beach a little bit, but that didn't happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one thing for sure. It's not going to last long. Cold is not going to last long there. You may get a few days of it, but then it's going to warm back up. You know, uh, where you are and where I am, cold can last for several weeks. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So it is wintertime and uh, you expect those type of changes in the weather and you deal with it. So uh, it was good. You know, we I'd never been to that part of Florida. So it was always good to see a different part of the country and, you know, take in the flavor, always good seafood. So we did that. And uh, now back back into the Rocky Mountain high. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, let's, what's the news that's going on? This what's the first part of this news that we're going well, to discuss tonight, man? Yeah, the, the first part of the show, uh, it, bit of sadness, and uh, the I think by now it's 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 known. Everybody's talking about it. It's all over the news and everything. Um, that's the fact that Kobe Bryant passed away today, along with his 13-year-old daughter Gianna. And, um, you know, I, it, it gives you that feeling, man, that, you know, you have that sick feeling in your stomach because of, uh, you know, for me, especially being a basketball head and, you know, following the sport and playing for as long as I did, uh, it just, it puts, a, it, it, it makes you feel sad, you know, on a lot of different levels. Um, and, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I was not a Kobe fan. I, in fact, I've never been a Laker fan. Uh, but the thing you had to admire and the thing I admired about Kobe was the fact that this guy and, and people have always said, who's the next Jordan? And for us growing up in the era, we did, you know, Jordan was our guy. You know, you had Magic and Larry and, and they, you know, revitalized the NBA and everything. Jordan comes along, takes it to another level. And he did that for a sustained amount of time. And everybody was asking once Michael stepped away from the scene, who's the next Jordan? And I must say that Kobe came the closest. I think he is probably the closest to being uh, that Michael Jordan type player, not just from a talent perspective, his athletic ability, but the mental aspect, the way he viewed the game and the way he played the game. You had to respect that. He came prepared every night. And he didn't take a night off unless he was hurt or something like that, which pales in comparison to what's going on in the league today with guys resting when you're perfectly healthy and whatnot. Kobe was a warrior and he went out there every night, gave you 110 percent, left it all on the floor. And you had to respect you had to admire that. And so, you know, the basketball world is sad today. Uh, I feel bad for his family. Uh, his daughter was on the plane with him. She had started to embrace the game of basketball. He was teaching her the game of basketball. She was, uh, you know, she was going to learn how to play the right way. And so uh, it, it's just sad that uh, this had to happen uh, the way it did. And uh, so I want to, you know, just say, you know, much love. Uh, thoughts and prayers are with uh, Vanessa, his wife, his other three daughters, uh, his parents uh, and his sibling. Um, so sad day for uh, if you're a, you know, follow the NBA game or you're any type of athlete. Uh, he's one for the ages. And uh, he gave props to LeBron last night. Uh, LeBron passed him, uh, become number three on the all time scoring list. Uh, I'm sure LeBron will cherish that tweet that he sent him. And uh, just just sad, man. He's uh, he's going into the NBA Hall of Fame this year. Uh, amazing class of guys going in this year. You've got Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and Kobe's part of that class. So uh, real class act, class personified on the court. He had some issues off the court, well documented. We know that. 
But it, it, athletics is what happens when you step between the lines, whether it's a football field, a baseball diamond, a basketball court, a boxing ring. What do you do when you step into that environment which you are the master of? And, and Kobe is or was the master of his domain for the 20 years uh, that he played with the Lakers. Uh, Rocky started at the beginning, young kid coming into the league, had to learn the ropes. Uh, but he is the one guy, I think, if anyone says who was the closest player to Michael Jordan, I would have to say hands down, it's Kobe Bryant. So, uh, yeah. Sad day. Uh, I just, you know, it just I have just have a sick feeling about it because uh, we lost a great, uh, great athlete, great individual. Uh, but his daughter was with him as well. And that's um, that that's that's really sad. So, how yeah. About, and how, and the, the other thing is, you know, I and I've mentioned this before, after probably 1985 or so, I really didn't watch a lot of basketball. I don't know why I just stopped watching it. You know, once again, I would go to high school games and so on, but I just didn't watch it. I don't know why I lost the interest in the game. And, um, yeah, Kobe was, he was that guy. He was the next Jordan. And he was the, the, the one person that was able to hold up that moniker that, that Jordan had. And the other thing is that, you know, sad that it's passing, but there was, uh, I can't think of the baseball the so baseball manager or, or coach, his wife and his daughter was also yeah. had a daughter also on the uh, the helicopter that they were in. Yeah. So and of course the pilot, you know, they they, they all lost their lives. Right, right. But yeah, Kobe was you know just last week as you mentioned, you know, gave uh, LeBron some props by by uh, knowing that LeBron was going to pass his scoring record. Right. And then I think it was Friday night that LeBron did pass his, his scoring yeah. record, you know. So, yeah. yeah, he he I can't say he revolutionized revolutionized the game, but he was one of those forces that was able to continue the success of the NBA because some of the older players were all retiring. Right. You know, uh, Jordan was gone. Pippen was gone. Larry Bird was gone. Like Isaiah, all those guys, guys from the uh, mid '80s, they were all gone. In the '90s, they're all gone. Right. You know, so worthy. I the Lakers. I was always a Lakers fan. I was telling one of the guys we were uh, in my fraternity today. I said I was always a Laker fan. I was a Laker fan back when Elgin Baylor was the star of the Lakers, and Jerry West, and then came you know the Big Dipper. Yeah, you know, I, I watched watched those guys, and then of course uh, when Kareem came over from Milwaukee, I definitely became a uh, Lakers fan because I, to me, I think Kareem Kareem is the best of all time. I think he's the goat to me. That's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And um, because he was the goat from high school to college to pros. Now Kobe did come in. Straight out of high school, but you know, looking at Kareem, you know, Power Memorial, UCLA, and then going with the Bucks, and I think it was wasn't his rookie year. It could have been his rookie year or the second year. He and Oscar Robertson teamed up and won uh, the NBA championship. Yeah, yeah. I think and then it was when the it, second year, I think it was. Yeah, the year. yeah. 
and then he came to uh, Los Angeles, and then they went on that run, you know, with uh, Magic and Worthy and Cooper and Norm Nixon and uh, uh, Rambus, Kurt Rambus, and Blotty Devots and all those guys. They just had, they were rolling year after year after year. And then those guys either were traded away and left, and then Kobe came in and, uh, you know, he's going to be the next guy. He struggled a little bit. And then uh, for some reason, he and Shaq hooked up. Mm-hmm. And when Shaq came there, within what a year or two, yeah. they were winning, winning back to. I think they won back to back championships. Yeah, they they three peated. They won three championships. I don't know if they three peated, but I know they won three championships. I think they did three peat uh, when they during the time they won three together. Yeah, and yeah. Shaq got moved. Uh, Shaq got traded, or Shaq Shaq had some injuries, got traded, and then uh, that left Kobe there to uh, to carry the mantle. And uh, he won two more after that. So, yep, yep. And I, yeah. I think I, you know, I. It's not that I. I have to quantify my statement. It's like the Lakers always had players who were fundamentally sound at playing the game. The Jerry West, the Elgin Baylors, Michael Cooper, Dean People Up, uh, Kareem. And I, I, I have to agree with you. The Jordan talk is always, you know, he's the goat, but. I think Kareem is the greatest of all time. And, you know, number one, you know, all-time leading scorer in the league, but he had a shot that was virtually unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Virtually a shot that was unstoppable, hasn't been emulated since. And uh, I, I, I have to go with, I agree with you. I think Kareem is the GOAT. And, and I, I never became a true Kobe fan because we again, we grew up in the era of Jordan, and and Jordan, we we knew at least I knew, and a lot of the people. If you watched a lot of college basketball during his time in North Carolina, you knew Jordan. Once he got to the pros and he got unleashed, he was going to be a force to be reckoned with. You could just see it, and that's what he did. He he, he changed the culture of the league, and for us, you know, he's our guy. So if if you've got this guy coming up. Behind him was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal this guy's thunder. <laughs> yeah. like, nah, man, you, you can't take Jordan's thunder. But the kid, you know, Kobe was cocky enough to say, hey, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna achieve that. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there. And so um, he looked up to Michael. I saw Michael's statement today uh, that that Michael was um, loved Kobe. You know, felt like Kobe was a little brother to him. And you know, Kobe passed Michael, his idol. Uh, LeBron, uh, Kobe was uh, LeBron's idol. Now LeBron has passed him on the scoring list, and so it, it's it's just sad that this happened yesterday. Um, you know, again last week Kobe, you know, meets into LeBron as you said. Hey man, more props to you. If, you know, if you break my record, hey, it, that's the way it's got to be. Right. You know? Yeah, that's the way it's got to be. You you wanna you wanna you know make sure that people coming up have a chance to to be successful and do whatever. So uh, I know I'm sure LeBron appreciated that, and Friday he broke the record. So it's just sad the way things have transpired, and you've got to feel for his wife and and three daughters and the families of the other folks that were on that helicopter and and the pilot. So you have to feel for that. But it's always um, sad when when someone of the prominence of Kobe is, you know, is taken, you know, from the scene. It just feels like you know them. 
you know, because you you watched them as a kid come into to the league to where he retired three years ago. So you you gain a finny for that, whether or not you were a fan, but you had to respect the work ethic and and the, and what he put into the game to play the game the right way and uh, and and have the success and uh, you know re- represent the league and USA basketball. He won two gold medals. So you have to respect that and you have to admire that. So much love, much respect, and uh, rest in power, um, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. That's that's a great finish right there. And, you know, we, we look up and we look at, you know, those people that are, are big in, in stature and large and throughout the world. And then, you know, we know who all those people are and so on. There's followings and people tweet and they follow them. Uh, everywhere and then at the other hand we have guys that we went to school with you know and we're also warning them you know no one's no one's gonna know much about these two guys other than the people that went to e-town high school and some of their some of their close friends and so on but there's no less you know sadness when we lose classmates uh, as as we get older and so on you know so the first guy we'll talk about was a, a, a year behind us in at E-Town High School, and his name was Pat Donnelly, and uh, he, he recently passed, and he was the uh, um, just just a, one one of the guys um, played basketball and baseball and football and so on, and we were all on the same teams together. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a little spark plug. You know, sometimes he rubbed people the wrong way, and sometimes we rub people the wrong way, and so on. Right. And so, um, I was—we were talking earlier, and I saw him uh, when I went back to one of Etown High's football game, and we carried on a conversation for a few minutes, you know, and not knowing, you know, a few months later that he's not going to be around, you know. So, right, right. You know, Pat was uh, one of those guys, and he was—he was on the basketball team. You know that you know the team that made it to the state with us. He was, you know, like the seventh or eighth man. You know, came in. Right, he right. and I were kind of similar. That you know, we were a, we were the lockdown guys. Didn't <laughs> do a lot of scoring, but we were the defenders. Right, you right. Know? And right. Scoring was not a, scoring was not part of our DNA, but we could guard some people. Right, <laughs> and, and, that's and, that's right. and that's the way Pat was. You know, right. he was yeah. he was quick and he was able to. Uh, get out there and, and guard people like a little uh, badge you know yep. he was just tough that way yeah yep I, I remember his tenacity and you know his ability to get after people and like you said not the biggest guy not the fastest guy on the team but uh you know had that uh tenacity to say hey you know i'll, I'll take the challenge on of guarding this particular individual and and that's my job and that's what you got to have man when you're a team you got to have guys who know the role willing to come in there, sacrifice for the team, fulfill their role. And uh, you guys had a lot of great success uh, with him on the team. So uh, beyond yeah. beyond the sports, the one thing I remember from his family uh, was, and we, we talked about it before we came on air, was his family owned a pool hall uh, <laughs> there in downtown E-Town, Donnelly's Pool Hall. And uh, it was right there downtown as you came. It was on our side of the tracks, uh, more so than your side. And I, if I remember, it was in the vicinity of where now, where Herb, the Herb Jones Chevrolet area used to be. The pool hall was in that area right there. Right. 
and and you know we we used to walk from across town and you know we'd go in there sometimes and get snacks and sodas and that type of stuff and there'd be a lot of older guys in there men and whatnot shooting pool or whatnot we weren't old enough to do that uh but it, it was an institution uh there in e-town for for a long time as long as i can remember uh growing up that donley's pool hall was a fixture in the downtown e-town area yeah yeah, yeah, real close to the track. <laughs> real close to the track. Uh, what, a half a block? Yeah, it was not that far. Yeah, you had you had uh, the creek. The creek, yep, yeah. And then you had the tracks right over the, right from the it. creek. You yeah. know, so you know, got right the bottom. You go across the tracks, and you're in the bottom. Right, right. That, that, <laughs> that was an area when uh, you know downtown had a lot of activity in it. Right. Uh, and the pool hall was a it was it was a it was a fixture, man. It was a, a lot of people, you know, whether you shot pool, a lot of people hung out in there, just a fellowship with with other guys and whatnot. But, uh, you know, one of the one of the things that, uh, you know, was, uh, you know, Pat's family did for the community was uh, was have an institution like like that pool. hall. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as time goes by, you know, you forget those things as, as we've gotten older and how uh, E-Town has changed and all the businesses has come and gone, gone, yeah. you know, yeah. it's it's tough to think about it until we had this conversation. You know, I had forgotten all about Donnelly's pool. Hall. <laughs> you know, I remember his dad coaching me in Little League base. I mean, Little League Baseball, yeah. you know, yeah. and um, and I think he also coached me in uh, Pony League Baseball. Yeah, I think yeah. he was he was the coach of the Colonels. Yeah, he did. He coached uh, coached Little League and he coached uh, Pony League, and uh, you know you bring that up, but that's how it was then. A lot of the businessmen in town, you know, they ran their businesses during the day, whatnot, and then they came out and they they coached a lot of the teams in the uh, in baseball and and stuff like that in town. They they gave uh, their time to you know to help you know young kids like us you know grow and and learn learn the game. So yeah. I'm very much appreciative of uh, of that. So a legacy uh, that uh, you know will stand. We 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 if, if no people forgot it, we're bringing it back alive. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> we're yes, bringing sir. It back. Bringing it back. Yeah. So uh, you you mentioned uh, Pat. Um, we also had a, a gentleman uh, that was in our class, class of '75, um, who passed, and uh, I had quite a few classes with uh, with this individual. A uh, real low-key kind of guy, uh, quiet, unassuming. Uh, but uh, as you, as we mentioned, coming on the air, he he had uh, he hung out with the brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> and that was uh, that was Ted Snodder. Uh, yeah. Ted passed away, and uh, you know another another one of our classmates that we've lost. And you know it it brings to mind the uh, the brevity of life. Uh, here we are now. We're the older, we're the older people now because you know we're all hitting that sixty mark or a little over sixty, and uh, you know it's it's our classmates are passing away. So you know Ted passed away. Really nice guy, real good guy. Um, I think played football with you. Yeah, um, he did, and baseball. Played baseball too. Right. So just a real nice guy. Uh, what I remember again, unassuming, uh, real quiet, but. Uh, you know, really, Ted, really good, good heart and good person. Man. Yeah, Ted was sneaky quiet. You yeah, know? <laughs> he, he would he'd be he would be involved in mis mischief. Yeah, <laughs> and normally I was probably involved in the mischief as well, and he would always kind of have this little snicker. 
he had this little laugh that was kind of like a, a cross between a chuckle and a snicker. Right, right. And uh, he had that laugh, and he was he was a good guy. He wasn't the fastest kid on the team, or he wasn't the best baseball player, but he was athletic enough that he would you know hold his own and played his role. And I think he was the president of our senior class as as well. And um, he was just you know one of the guys that was able to make that crossover between everybody in class, you know. So he was he was a, a, a good guy, and he was he's going to be uh, missed quite a bit, like like all the others, Kobe and Pat as well. Yep, 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 absolutely. And, uh, you know, it'll really bring it home. I think plans are underway for the 45th reunion next year, well, this year. Uh, yeah. We'll be five years uh, since we – we graduated, and so I haven't heard any more. I've been on the web page here, there, on the Facebook page here. Excuse me, here, there, a few times, just seeing the announcement that we're planning it. It's being planned, but I haven't heard any more. So uh, that will be um, brought to the front. Uh, you know, when Ted's not there, as are some of our other classmates that have passed over the years, they will not be in attendance for this particular uh, reunion. So right. rest in peace, uh, rest in peace to Ted and and to Pat. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's uh, sad to see it happen, but you know we're all going that way sometime. And uh, one of these one of these days, it'll be someone, you know, saying that about us. But you know, until then, we're going to keep moving forward. Right. You know, and uh, we're going to keep our podcast moving forward as well. So we're gonna we're gonna segue or change into a different uh, story that's a little bit more uplifting, and we're gonna talk about the United States Navy commissioning its newest aircraft carrier, and it's going to be named after a, a hero, kind of a hero from the Pearl Harbor attack, and that would be uh, Doris slash Dory Miller. And that event will be happening, I think, within the next few years or so. But they made the announcement that the, uh, the newest aircraft carrier is going to be named after Dory Miller, while all the other aircraft carriers in recent years have been named after presidents. Right. So that's kind of unique in itself. So what are your thoughts on that? Oh, that's huge, man. And uh, I have to tell you, I have to share with you, right? I We, we were stationed in Japan and uh, for five years. And so when you're overseas on the base, you know, they have television, but they don't have American television. Uh, they basically remove all the commercials out of the broadcast and you're constantly bombarded with these military themed commercials. So when the show goes to commercial break, you'll get a military themed commercial on, hey, uh, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, you don't do things out here that will get you in trouble with the security police or this stuff. I mean, there's some of them we look back now, we're like, man, these were hilarious commercials. But that also give you bits and pieces of military history. And yeah. one and one of the bits, one of the, the, the commercials they used to show was what happened on the morning of December the seventh, nineteen forty one. The Japanese are bombarding Pearl Harbor, planes are flying all over the place. And the USS West Virginia was under attack. And you see the bombs dropping all around and whatnot. And then here comes this guy running up onto the deck, grabs a machine gun, and starts firing at the planes. It's a black guy. <laughs> He's coming. He was a cook. And mm -hmm. we're like, oh, my God, who is this guy? And then they said, Dory 
Miller. Well, Doris Miller, Dory Miller, uh, was the guy who ran up, assumed the post of a gunner on the deck of the USS West Virginia and started engaging the Japanese zeros that were bombarding Pearl Harbor. And then, you know, they tell the story for his actions. Uh, He received, he was the first African-American to receive the Navy Cross. And that was huge. Again, it's another one of those stories that Unless you happen to be in the vicinity or you've done some reading, some stuff, you'll never know. You'll never know about these people. Right. And I am pleased, man, that uh, that that he's getting this award. Uh, like you say, aircraft carriers are usually named after presidents. So this is huge. And, and the community needs to celebrate this because it's 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 unprecedented that this is happening. Yeah, yeah, and you know there, there's there's controversy that goes along with that as well, because number one, if you look at the history of the Navy back then, if you were black and you served in the Navy, you weren't supposed to serve on any uh, positions where you could carry weapons. Correct. And so most people that were in the navies, they were stewards. You know, they were kind of butlers. They were cooks, and so on. And then when his plane came under his plane his ship came under attack he just did what was normal he he was upset and said hey i'm gonna shoot he didn't know how to shoot the thing he was never he was never taught how to shoot this thing i i know he's seen it before everybody has a station when you have um emergency drills and so on and so i'm sure he was probably stationed somewhere near where that gunnery position was. He wasn't there to fire, but he may have been the person there to load the the gun and so on. So he knew what to do. So therefore, in a moment's notice, he just starts firing the gun. Right. And then the uh, afterwards, you know, he was uh, he served a little bit later, you know, Mm -hmm. soon thereafter, 1942 to Late 1941 to like 1943, he was uh, actually uh, attached to the USS Indianapolis. Okay. He never served on the ship, but he was attached to the ship because when he left Pearl Harbor, and they were in the process of giving him the Navy Cross and so on, he went on a speaking tour around the country uh, to recruit uh, sailors and to sell war bonds and so on. And so he was attached to the USS Indianapolis, but did not actually serve on the USS Indianapolis. But it was part of the, I think the USS Indianapolis, early part of the war, was the Fleet Admiral's ship. And so the Fleet Admiral, at that point in time, I, I cannot think of his name, but he's uh, from. he was from Indianapolis, and he went to Short Ridge High School. And those ships weren't supposed to be in battle or whatnot. So Dory Miller went around the country and he served as um, promoting the Navy and promoting war bonds. Mm. After 1943 or so, he was uh, sent to a different ship to be a steward. And then while he was uh, fighting in the Philippines, uh, the ship was torpedoed and everybody was lost, including including Dory Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the other thing that goes along with this is when he received the uh, Navy Cross, there are a lot of uh, Southern white people that did not want him to receive that award. And Admiral Nimitz awarded him 
that that uh, Navy cross. And so President Roosevelt got a lot of flack for that. And it was uh, Eleanor that basically stepped up and said, you know, this guy is going to, you know, this guy's going to uh, receive this award, you know, so make it done. And Franklin kind of did what Eleanor said many times, you know. So it's just like I also this past week, Wayne, uh, went and uh, joined the Tuskegee Airmen's uh, chapter in Indianapolis. And so by doing so, you know, there's always history around. Uh, one of the people I met was the widow of a guy by the name of Charles Barkley Hall. And he was the first Tuskegee Airman to shoot down a German plane mm. in World War II. And he later was given the Congressional Medal of Honor and so on. And so it was Eleanor Roosevelt who flew with the Tuskegee Airmen that says that these guys fly planes good. Why can't they fight in combat? And so they ended up, with Eleanor's help, ended up uh, being able to fly and fight in combat as everyone else did. But it's interesting that, you know, within this past week, we talk about the the USS Dory Miller and I'm also – introduced to his widow who was sitting next to me at the meeting wow. uh, of uh, the first uh, black pilot to shoot down uh, German uh, aircraft in World War II, Charles B. Hall. Wow. Again, stories that you never know, you never heard, you know, uh, astounding uh, that, uh, you know, we find this stuff out after the fact. And, uh, you know, it's not in any of the history books. Uh, it's not taught anywhere. So um, amazing. Uh, and again, huge honor uh, for Dory Miller and, and the descendants of, of Dory Miller. Um, he was an enlisted guy, no doubt. Enlisted guy, which is huge. Right. You know, we see a lot of aircraft carriers named after enlisted guys. And there was one other ship uh, in the Navy named after him. It's a frigate. It's called the USS Miller. It's a, a Knox-class frigate. I'm not in the Navy, but um, it's a frigate. There's one other ship named after him, and now he'll have a uh, now he'll have an aircraft carrier named after him, the USS Doris B. Miller. So outstanding, and and that brings us, you know, if we if we segue a little bit, uh, January is almost over. And February's coming up, and that's Black History Month. So maybe a lot of these interesting stories that we're finding out, you're finding out about members of the Tuskegee Airmen, hear the stories about Dory Miller. I'm sure there are countless other stories out there that we have not yet been made aware of. Uh, maybe some of those will come to light uh, during Black History Month that's coming up. Yeah, I've got a couple right now that just, just come to my mind as we're sitting here talking about it um, this this past week also the new Air Force trainer yes. that they're the T-7 uh, is going to be known as the Red Tails yep. and is uh, in, and paying homage to the Tuskegee Airmen. That's just happened by the Air Force. And then the other thing is right, right down the street from you is that they're naming the airfield at the um, Air Force Academy after um, uh a black uh, Tuskegee Airman. I think it was Chappie James. I have to. I'm not sure on that, but they're naming the airfield at the Air Force Academy. I think after uh, Chappie James or uh, who's the four-star general? 
not is, it, uh, is it Daniels? Not not Benjamin Davis, is it? Davis, maybe it's Davis. Chappie James was a four star. Yeah, uh, it's going to be one of those two. But I my facts aren't exactly right now. But they are naming the uh, Air Force Academy's uh, airfield after uh, one of one of those uh, Tuskegee Airmen. Wow, that is awesome. Think you hadn't heard that in uh, in uh, Colorado Springs? I may have heard of it and <laughs> forgot you, about you, it. You haven't been there. <laughs> yeah, I may have heard about it and forgot about it. There's so many things. Let's see. Academy. Uh, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. Benjamin O. Davis. Benjamin O. Davis. Benjamin yeah. O. Davis. That's who the field's going to name after. And he was he was uh, um, in the the the. Not the Red Tails, which was the second Tuskegee Airmen movie, but the original Tuskegee Airmen movie with Lawrence Fishburne and right. uh, those. Uh, Benjamin O. Davis, he was played by, uh, what's my man's name that was in? Uh, Andre Brower. Andre Brower played Benjamin O. Davis. Okay. Uh, he played Benjamin O. Davis, and so was he was the commander of those uh, of the group. I think it was the 99th um Mm-hmm. Suit squadron that he was commander of when they were overseas, and uh, yeah, Benjamin O. Davis. That's who the field be named after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of stuff. This, this week has been kind of weird when it comes to history. Now, this is kind of strange, not strange, but it's kind of unique. When I was at this meeting of the Tuskegee Airmen, there was a uh, a guy that was there who had done some research on. Um, this uh, army soldier, his name was Joseph H. Hall. And this Joseph H. Hall uh, was a, ended up being a lieutenant colonel in the army. And he uh, served in World War II. He, not take that back, World War One, And he ended up coming back to the United States. He was a doctor. Hmm. And while he was a doctor, uh, in the army, he served in World War One as a field surgeon, and so after World War One, he came back to the states, ended up in Indianapolis, and became the head of the VA hospital in Indiana. Mm. And he uh, set up his own private practice in uh, downtown Indianapolis. So of course. Uh, off of Indiana Avenue, and he set up a uh, a hospital for black people because, you know, in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, there was a lot of segregation going on, and Indianapolis was just as segregated as the South. Right. And so he set up his own uh, business uh, hospital that treated black people. He ended up being um, through, working throughout the country as a hospital uh, administrator. And then eventually the uh, good old boys in Indianapolis uh, closed closed his uh, hospital down. They made up some uh, idea that he was embezzling money or something like that, so he lost that position. Well, a guy called me and said, hey, do you know anything about this James Davis? This guy is from uh, Kansas City. Uh, not James Davis, uh, Joseph Hall. Mm. He goes, I think that he's a member of the fraternity. And uh, I just want to see if I can 
find some more information on him. I just want to know if he's in the fraternity, the same fraternity that I'm in. And I said, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm the fraternity's historian. I said, I don't know, but I'll check on it. So a couple days ago, I was went up to our fraternity storage locker and I brought back this picture that's uh, had all these black and white pictures of these members of the fraternity back in the 40s. And so I started looking at these pictures and lo and behold, there's this guy's picture. So he was he was in the fraternity and he was this famous guy that, you know, no one knows about in the fraternity now because uh, this picture was taken right around 1948 or so. And so he's the same guy that was this person that created this hospital for black people in uh, downtown Indianapolis, Joseph, uh, Joseph Hall. It's, it's weird that all these things are kind of culminating in these last three or four days. That's, that's odd, but that's been a weird week that way. A week for history. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And like I say, we we looking forward to, to more historical facts as, uh, as Black History Month unfolds. And, uh, you know, it's always good to find out about this type of stuff because, again, it's it's things that you just don't know. Uh, because they aren't publicized and they aren't in any books, uh, you know, you gotta sometimes stumble on them by accident. So yeah, yeah. So uh, it's all good, all good to learn more about uh, what what people have done uh, within, uh, as far as Black history goes, and 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 people have done some incredible things. Just not has been made known to a wide audience. So yeah, yeah. For the most part, it's U.S. history. It's right. U.S. history, and this, right. you know. People don't recognize this thing. And there's millions and millions of ideas and, and people that are out there that yeah. do wonderful things that you just don't hear about, you know, yeah. because they're not a Kobe Bryant. They're not a, uh, a Dr. J. They're not a Michael Jordan. They're just everyday people that go about their business, you know, uh, trying to make the country a, 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 a better place and make the community better and provide for their families and so on. And so, you know, of the 300 million people in the United States, you know, probably 300 million people aren't really known that much about as far as, you know, being someone of, of significance. Right. Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. Agree wholeheartedly. So um, I think uh, that was that was the topic, our last topic for tonight, um, almost at the top of the hour. And uh, it's been a lively discussion. Again, some sadness we started off with tonight, but uh, ended on a positive note, um, you know, with the with the news about Dory Miller. So um, very broadcast tonight. But uh, again, as we say in the past, our words will be out here for posterity's sake and uh, people will listen and know uh, what we said on this hour on this day. And uh, we hope those words will inspire folks to go out and do some great things. I mean, ordinary people doing uh, extraordinary things. So that's that's what's needed, I think, uh, to make our country um, better, keep it moving forward. And um, we salute everyone who's doing great things. Yes, sir. We're going to keep moving forward. We're going to continue to uh, do these podcasts. We're going to keep we're going to continue to keep control of our podcasts. Yeah. There are some folks out there that's trying to 
take away not take away our podcast, but want to fudge in on our uh, our podcast. Now we don't have a big audience or anything like that. We love doing what we do, right. so we're going to continue to do that. And, uh, if opportunities come about that we know that's going to be a positive thing for our podcast, we may look at those. But until then, it's just two two guys from a small town in Kentucky uh, discussing uh, hometown issues and American issues across the country. So if you have any ideas, once again, uh, let us know or hit us up on our Facebook page and uh, we'll try our best to uh, answer questions or uh, uh, discuss topics that you're interested in. That is the truth. The only truth. <laughs> Ruth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the truth. Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for some people, you got to think about Radio Raheem. Radio Raheem. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was Samuel Jackson's character. Yes, the right yes. thing. And, and we up radio. We up radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Till the All next right. Time. I am Wayne. I'm Steve. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Across the Tracks podcast. Peace. Peace out.